What up? It's your boy Tommy G here with No Mercy, episode 27. At the beginning of the podcast, I think I said 28, but I went back and fact-checked. It's indeed 27. Uh, today, I had a special guest. I was joined by a good friend of mine, Cynthia Freeland, who's the predictive analytics expert for the NFL Network. Make sure to get over to Twitter. Give her a follow, at C Freeland, C-F-R-E-L-U-N-D, one E in Freeland. Uh, we covered everything on this pod. I mean, we went from... Her background to what it's like to be an attractive woman in an industry full of men. We recapped the Carolina Pitt game. We talked about her algorithm that she built and her model to predict outcomes of games and playoff probabilities and Super Bowl probabilities. We talked about the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Rams, the Saints, the Eagles, the Packers, pretty much every team that's relevant in the NFL. Went into a real long conversation about are interceptions random or not. This is a topic that has been sweeping through the DFS industry, at least in my little Twitterverse. And uh, Cynthia brought some data. We even talked to some baseball. We covered everything. You name it, we covered it. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Great podcast, great guest. Uh, Thank you to Cynthia for coming on. But get over to guruelite.com, G-U-R-U-E-L-I-T-E. We are smashing the world in everything right now. Absolutely scorching earth in every aspect of this company. It's literally insane. It's the best I've ever seen in the history of this company, which I started three years ago. We have the DFS packages. The prices just all dropped on those now that we're past the halfway point. But the sports betting packages are just slang earth. We are of the NFL package. All eight of our handicappers are up on the year. All eight. That's unheard of. Every single person is up money on this gambling season. I myself am up 27 units, 97 and 71 against the spread. Uh, coming off an eight-unit night tonight in this pit game. Won four props and two straight bets on this game. So staying hot in NFL. That's less than 10 bucks a week if you buy the VIP package. And the NBA, NCAA, the basketball package... This season barely even started, and these guys are just killing it. Sports Cheat is 38-15 and 15 over the season so far. Already up 20 units this early in the first month of the season. And Friday, Paulie has won 20 of his last 22 bets. Think about that. 20-2 and two in his last 22 bets. That package is also under $9 a week. So you can get both those packages in the VIPs for what's under $20 a week. You'll make that back basically first bet or two of day one. Head to guruelite.com. Click the green join here button. You'll see all the options, whether it's NBA DFS, NFL DFS, football betting, basketball betting, you name it, hockey, hockey betting, we have it. So get over to guruelite.com, green join here button. Click that mother effer, and I'm out of breath. So without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 28 of the No Mercy podcast. I think it's 28. It could be 27. It could be 29. It doesn't matter. You're already listening to it, so you found it, so it's not a big deal. Special episode here, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time, I'm actually on the show with someone smarter than me. Good friend of mine and predictive analytics expert for the NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland. Sin, what up? How are you? I'm good. That's that's a long title there, predictive analytics expert. For yeah, the it's NFL really Network. fancy. I'm very fancy. You know this. You fancy, huh? Mm-hmm. Super fancy. So let, let me run through this first, Sin, because when we first met, it was like, we were both kind of just getting started in the industry and finding our way. You were doing stuff with another company. I was just getting into the DFS stuff. And now I got this list here, which I, I 
Don't even know if I can get through it all of all the things you're doing. So let me just get this out of the way first. It might take me 15 minutes. So <laughs> here's for those of you that don't know Cynthia, you can find her on Twitter at C Freeland, F R E L U N D, only one E in Freeland. Yeah, it's Find Norwegian. her on Instagram. Yeah, that's, that's the, the other E was actually what was throwing me off. I was looking for you three years ago on there nonstop. <laughs> So we have Instagram at Cynthia Freeland, also with one E on Instagram, shockingly on both sites, one E. Um, <laughs> you have a podcast going right now, Game Theory and Money Podcast, which is out on iTunes. I believe it's out now, right? Didn't you drop that episode already? We did. We dropped it earlier today. So you'll listen to the pre- the predicted Steelers and Panther score and you'll like it because it'll be right. What did, what did you have in this? Because well, I know... I nobody know. had a 50 burger. Let's be honest about that one. But I had both... A lot of points in this game and a very convincing Steelers victory. So both so of those are on things. the same page. Exactly. As usual. As usual. It's yeah. very rare that we disagree. So we had the Steelers over at GuruElite.com. Uh, we had the over and we had a boatload of props over there too. Uh, let me go through the rest now. TV. Sin. You're getting <laughs> like famous. Like when I first met you, it was like we were cool and we still talk every day. But like reading your bio here... <laughs> I, I'm a little intimidated. I'm not going to lie. So listen, we have... this is coming from you who like started a very successful company. Like, I think it's funny that you're like mentioning it because you're just crushing it. So I should be mentioning your accolades here, but your fans already know that. So, but my company was basically started on curse words and nonsense, which I'm going to try my hardest, <laughs> even though when we're on the phone, I curse like a sailor. But on this show, I want to be respectful to the NFL Network and all your fans. Thank so you. So I'm going to try and keep this as clean as possible. I'm sure some stuff will slip out. No, but I'm I mean, going look, to work my hardest. It's lucky that I haven't done that on TV yet because yes. that's you know me. I'm oh, I know you. <laughs> the half Italian side comes out quite a bit. So you're well trained though. When I was on Sirius and we couldn't curse on Sirius, it became just routine. But now that I'm doing this like insanely uncensored show. I love uh, it. Try. I love yeah. it. I love it. You're doing a great job. It's super fun to listen to. I really look forward to it. So I'm really lucky oh, to be on it. it. So let's go through it. TV, Fantasy Live. That is Tuesday and Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. What is that show about? Well, I know what it's about. But it's about fantasy, just as the name says. It is not live, but that's a secret. We do it. <laughs> we call it live Liars. to tape. So we do it a little bit earlier in the day, and then it airs at 5 p.m. on uh, East Coast time. So ultimately, okay. it's just fantasy advice. It's pretty traditional stuff, kind of just normal fantasy. Okay. Then we have the Game Day Pick'em Show, <gasps> which is on Friday at 6.30. So that is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, probably today for most of you. So now let me know about the Game Day Pick'em Show today. Yeah. So Game Day, honestly, this show is the most... Like we, we started it this season. It's brand new. It's the I honestly I like and it. I'm, it's my it might be my favorite. It's show kind of my far. favorite too. Yeah. The, the pace is really fast. It's like jokes and fun and not that serious, but we have like a lot of actual football knowledge in it. Terrell Davis is on it. We've got two hosts that are amazing, but like it's really fun. So I like and it's twenty two minutes of your time. So if you DVR it, you can fast through fast forward through the commercials and you can watch just twenty two minutes of like every single game that's still left. Obviously it's done on Friday, so we don't do any Thursday stuff. But every single game left we get opinions on and it's just really fun. Like it's it's a great show. I caught on to it I think week four. I started I started Aww. watching it. And it is awesome. And I do DVR it, that's why, because I'm yeah. that extra eight minutes is very important. Yeah, to my absolutely. Life. So 22, <laughs> 22 minutes is critical. And then we have the thing you're probably most known for and you're seen on the most is the game day morning show at nine AM Eastern. 
Um, that's obvious. That has to be a ton of fun. I mean, I have a couple questions about that. Anything. Yeah, game, of course. Yeah, your, your role on that show uh, has expanded. I will say this. I don't care if I get you or me in trouble. Your role needs to expand more. You need to be on that even more. You should be on every scene, every segment, and that's not just because we're friends. Well, but I love that, and I'll give you 10% when that happens because, you know, I'll that's be what your agent. agent t- exactly. <laughs> I'll do it for seven. So. But the game day morning show. So you're doing this with like all former athletes and coaches and, and Mooch and Irvin and all these guys. What was that like when you first got there? Like, obviously, now they're probably like your boys. I've talked to you about it. You're close with all these guys. But like when you first got there, was it a little weird to be like on set with all these guys? Yeah. Uh, well, ESPN was great for that as well, because, you know, with ESPN, there's a lot more people just in general. Right. So you you get like six or seven times the number of analysts, the number of former players, different sports, et cetera. But when you come to the NFL Network, it really is like very much, you know, we don't have as big of a, we don't have as many hours or as much real estate as ESPN. So right. we, it's more focused. So you do spend a lot of time with these people. Mooch, we're both from Michigan. So Mooch, obviously kind of, I, I, I feel very close to him. He's, he's you're like from my everywhere. Uncle. You're not, you're from everywhere. You're from Michigan. I grew up in Michigan. You lived in Connecticut. And you now I, live in Cali. I don't, I do not claim Connecticut. Sorry. That's all right. Well, that's when you were the closest to me. That's when we met. So I still know you as being from I lived in New York. So. I've actually lived close you lived to New York. You didn't know you when I lived there. You no, know you I mean? avoided me like a smart female. I, no, I was just a, like, we, just, <laughs> we were actually probably both in banking at the same time, but we just didn't That's know true. each other. So, but anyways, but like, yeah, no, we're both from Michigan. Mooch is amazing. Irv is like the same person you see on TV. That's how wild he is all the time. In fact, he's even more fun when you're behind the scenes with him. Um, I can see that. He's great. Um, Kurt will take as many hours as I want and I'll just watch film with him and ask him every question possible quarterback play is obviously his specialty but Kirk can tell you where the safety is supposed to be blah 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 remembers every single snap from the fourth game of preseason and can that's crazy he's insane. do you have do you have that skill I have the worst I mean probably because I got smashed in the head with a tire iron and since yeah, then I have I no memory of anything story. no I hate but, that story yeah but like do you I have no memory and I've never really had one but do you have that like that memory? Because Mad Lab, who I do the shows with yeah. a lot of times, has that. He remembers lines from movies from like twenty years ago, and then you'll <laughs> see like McVeigh, who I know you've spent a lot of time with. Um, he'll remember individual plays from four years ago. Do you have that ability? Because you're a lot smarter than me. Well, I'm I was like a I'm a different weirdo. I like the way that I you are had, a weirdo though. I really am. Like I yeah, like I remember are. things by like like I can be like play thirty seven right. Like I can be like oh that's play thirty seven. Like when, like I just got finished watching a whole bunch of film on trying to figure out like this Packers Dolphins situation, especially with all the Packers injuries, they're already very thin at the linebacker position. So I'm watching kind of what's going on with their secondary, what's going on with their linebackers. So I can remember, I can be like, oh, I'm going to look back to preseason week three. What did they do with Mike Gusecki, you know, with at the tight end position for the Dolphins and try to see like, so I can remember it sort of in like, like bubbles. Like I, I'm not right. like, I don't remember it exactly the same, but I can remember it in sort of like thematic bubbles. Don't, don't, <laughs> My mind's crazy. All, <laughs> don't use big words. Okay. You're doing, no, no three syllable words. And I don't think thematic is even three syllables, but nothing even that even sounds it right. We're good. I don't even know what it is. I'm literally on Google right now trying to figure it out. So just remember, you're not with Matt money Smith here, right? You're with a Neanderthal. <laughs> No, so, you know, try and try and dial it down, right? I don't want this this smart Listen, pants stuff. You know what I did to prepare for this pod in addition what? to football stuff? I watched The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Had to get You're my like game ass. up, you know? I had to I had to absolutely get my like rowdy game up. 
You're such. I, I, see, I, this is where I need to curse. <laughs> but you're such a mean person. Yep, I'm so, so mean. I'll just say Super that. mean. But uh, thanks. I'm gonna go watch Housewives of Orange County because you're a SoCal girl now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna no, pull I'm, your Michigan wait, roots. Wait, wait, wait. I'm Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm Lisa Vanderpump. That's who I aspire to be. Not the Orange County oh, ones. God. Vanderpump. Oh, my God. She's the we're one. So mo- we're so moving on. This <laughs> <laughs> so another big thing you're doing here on your long list. I'm, I'm going to leave half the stuff off the resume. I'm literally just going to the, to the one thing that I'm excited about for you because you mentioned starting a company and I've been through this multiple times and it's exhausting and it's a grind and it takes forever. And I look at my company right now and I'm like, we're still not anywhere near where we need to be. And this is three years in and, you know, millions and millions of dollars later. Here's, here's you, my favorite thing my, about you. Are you ever going to be where you want to be? I mean, because that's never, the best part never. about you, right? So, like, no. you can say that and then I can be like, cool, it could be 20 years and you could have a billion, a multi-billion dollar company. But yeah, but see, we still got these 10 things that we need they to do. 100%. <laughs> we beat our first year goal by, by 180%. And I was like, guys, we need to do You're better. You're like, nope, so, yeah. not good enough. <laughs> but you have the same thing. You got 16 shows. You got a podcast. You got all this. And now you're starting your own company, which is prettygoodpicks.com. And it's just brand new, infantile, yeah. baby stages. You did all this like one man show, right? Like you're putting this whole thing together and doing this pretty much by yourself, right? So, here, here's the thing. The whole idea of Pretty Good Picks is I just want to understand as this whole landscape of people gambling and things like that like kind of emerges, I think there's going to be really cool ways to connect with communities of people kind of in the same way. DFS, the best part about DFS, and that's kind of how we met, right, was like mm-hmm. to really yep. gravitate communities around shared interests. And I think as like, you know, gambling becomes less like taboo and more mainstream and look there's going to be all sorts of different ways that this manifests but as this market really expands it's going to be some cool communities forming so for me it's just about creating like this space to understand as these communities start to develop like where's the cool part where the great people who are like smart and forward thinking but just like really love like football and talking about it and they have a better knowledge than like hey the team that scores the most points by the time that the time expires wins the game you know like who are these people who are like like us, like who have like a deeper knowledge, but like we just care a little bit more, right? Like, where are this? Where's this community developing? How does it come together? And I'm just trying to kind of facilitate. Like, I am not a front end developer, so it is crappy. I'm much better back end <laughs> no, coder. Dude, but, you did all this by yourself. Yeah, are you kidding me? I'm just like, trying to figure it out. I was so I, impressed with you. I don't want to get cheesy on here, but I'm very proud of you. I'm impressed with you almost more than any of the other stuff you did just because I've kind of been through what you're going through and I know how hard it is. I just want to create a community. I love what you guys do with your, I love like when I see all the hashtags and the, like the silly, like, look, I, yeah, I love you and mafia. I love the crap talking. Like that is, that is so, like I read it and I just start like crying <laughs> laughing because I can hear you saying it and I know your heart. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ruining it for your fans. Like you've got the best heart on the planet. So no, it, don't listen to her guys. Don't listen to her. <laughs> but I see it. I, I am the brand. I'm an evil human. Okay. Um, but like, you know, I see all this stuff and I'm like, you're, you're really doing the thing that I think people want, which is like creating this amazing community. So that's what, like, I'm not trying to like, I'm just trying to like understand a kind of sort of a different community. I, I think there's a really huge need, like I'm going to stop, get off my soapbox here in a minute, but I think that there's like no space where like cool girls can like really talk online about sports where it's not like that, like aggressive girl in the bar that like wants to like that girl. I don't like her. Oh, yeah, That's God. not me. Um, I've, but I've also, done full rants on them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not also that girl who's like, I don't know what's going on. You know, like it's like, where are the cool girls? Where are the people who like to pick? Like, how do we like make it this cool spot? So I like I'm learning a lot from you and I'm really grateful for that. 
Uh, I mean, I appreciate it, but the the that dovetails into a question. I'm anything part of the part of the yeah. The, the best thing about Cynthia, and I know you guys know, like I rarely show plan much at all, but I we didn't even need to bother. Like we talk on the phone all the time, so we mentioned right. a couple of things about what we may talk about down the line. But the beauty is, the first thing I said, I said you want me to put together a show plan, and you basically yelled at me <laughs> and told me no, just fire any anything at me. I got it. Yeah, and I know good. I can because. <laughs> You not only are smarter than me, but you know more about football than me. So there's probably nothing I can hit you with that you can't figure out. So I did have a question, though. And this is something we've talked about, but I think it's important because you're not only a female, you're an attractive female. We could say that. It's it's obvious. You don't don't take it in any way. I like your bias. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm extremely biased. (laughs) But, you know, you're an attractive female in an industry full of men. And this isn't just a male-dominated industry like we see in other industries. This is an industry full of male-dominated alpha males who literally have played the sport of football and (laughs) think they're better than girls and, you know, how do you know anything if you didn't play it, blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of advantages that you see that I've said, that I've pointed out, which, I mean, I don't think I really get called sexist, but some of them may sound sexist because I'll say some of these girls really I think are only there because they're girls. And, And that's just a fact. I think they're pretty and some of them are basically just there and they're not that great and they're not that talented. And then there's other girls like yourself, which I think it's a negative to be a girl in a lot of ways, because you are not just a pretty face on a TV channel who guys are tuning in more to see than to listen to. So like, what's some of the stuff that you have to go through? Cause we met through complete harassment of you online <laughs> when you first got started and it was disgusting and vile. And like, that's my weak spot with everything in life. But Talk to me a little bit about being like an actual dude in a chick's body in the football world and like the, some of the pros and cons. So you, it's everything in life is all about like, you know, you and I both learned it through like any adversity we faced. You got to like, it's, you have a choice. Your attitude is all about it. So for me, I, I look, I started working at the NFL over a decade ago in the front office and I worked in finance and when I was working in finance, I was like working on projects to try to optimize the inventory for the NFL, which means inventory is games. So 16 regular season games and four preseason games. But we were like optimizing it for wait, maybe there should be 17 and three or maybe there should be, you know, how many buys should we have? Things like that. So working with the competition committee and translating that into dollars and cents over a decade ago was kind of how I first thought, like realized I was kind of good at this, like good at right. translating things that weren't like like real numbers into numbers, right? Like how do you qualify and quantify how important a quarterback is, a franchise quarterback is to a team? Well, you know, wins is one way, but also like ticket sales, that's another way. And putting asses in seats like consistently and people tuning in on TV, all of that is another way. So all of those things together was kind of how I got started. And then they, my NFL, the people that I work with. And by with, the way, not to cut you off, but your yeah. degree is in what? Predictive analytics of spaceships on Mars? Spaceships like, on Mars. It? Yep. Spaceships yeah, on spaceship. Mars. Yeah. Is it, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I have my MBA and I also have a master's of predictive analytics. So those two things together are really helpful because it's basically like you learn like all of life is, and you learn this, I think a part, like some people come from a real stats heavy background or maybe an econ background. But you and I come from a banking background, so you have to make quick, actionable decisions and you have to back them up with facts that like a badass banker would be like, yeah, that's a legit fact, right? Like, so that's how we, like you and I come from, that's the world we come from. So anything that you and I say has to be completely defensible, but you also can't take 10 years to get to your solution. You have to get Mm -hmm. to it quickly. So that was the space that I came from. And I think part of the 
part of the, the, the reason that I, I'm lucky in this space is I saw being a woman as an advantage because where maybe you or another man couldn't go to a hall, Mike Holmgren or whatever, Hall of Fame right, caliber exactly. coach and be like, hey, where was the safety supposed to go in this play? Because none of us, anyone from the outside, unless you were the one calling the play or designing the defensive scheme or maybe on the field, you don't know what was called. And right. you don't know what was supposed to happen. So the best you can do is create paradigms or you create like just things that help predict for success. So m- me being, you know, like at the time, I'm a little fatter now, but at the time I was like oh, 110 pounds, pounds, right? And I, like, I'm like, yeah, you're 114 now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, no, but like, you know, I would go up and I'd be like, can you explain this to me? And they saw that I wasn't just saying like, hey, we explained football to me. It was like, right. here are four plays that I don't know where the safety was supposed to go or who was the nickel. Like, I don't right. know, right? Like, and you don't either, and you don't either, and you don't either. You know what I mean? Like, so when you talk it through and they see you're putting in the work and you're not just coming from this totally numbers point of view where you're like, well, their third down says they're the very best in the league. Well, okay, right? It's like yeah. everything needs to be taken in context and they see you watching film, taking notes, asking questions, watching film, taking notes, asking questions, I actually use it as an advantage because they don't expect me to know anything. So anything right. that I do is like this incredible return, right? Like I look like a genius for asking. Well, the something. bar is low, right? When right. you walk up, a pretty blonde girl walks up to you talking to you about football. The last thing you're thinking is she's going to even knows what a nickel is. Yeah. You know? so, like, so, but that, that got lucky. Look, do, does it sometimes, is it tricky sometimes? Absolutely. Um, has it tricky would be a nice way to put some of the stuff I've seen written to you online, which yeah, look like roof, it's but. never okay for someone to say, so, but, but at the same time, it's like now I, I will say the longer that you're on TV and the more people see that my stuff's very well reasoned, you can be wrong, but right. my stuff is very well reasoned and it very well supported and very well, you know, supported with facts and like the, they see the more, and I've been doing they know you know your stuff. writing. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's, you know, I don't really see much of that anymore. You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's not like when I, when I, you're going to get it after this podcast, keep in mind, because you're coming into a podcast of my world. I love of, your world. Which, yeah. The DFS troll, horrible human good dumpster pile people. Mm. So, uh, so yeah. So just Look, prepare. No, no, for that. those people already know me. We've we've already yeah. got we've yeah. already <laughs> got through yeah. with those you already, people. You already went down. Like, already like, went down that road. Yeah, that road. like I like I don't. I'll support like any of it. Like obviously, like look, we like the great. Like I love the I love the fact that people care. Like thank God you care about something so much. Like maybe don't be a troll on Twitter because like there are better things to do with your time. But like, no. I'm, I feel like, wow, like it's gr- I'm glad people give a crap about anything to do with football or whatever, because then I don't have to get a real job again. Right. Like this right, is exactly. a, like, you know, like, like it's great. Like, I, and honestly, like for the most part, I found that people are pretty like, once you talk to them and once they realize that I actually do know something about sports and that I work my butt off, like they're actually pretty nice. So, yeah. you know, look, it's easy for like, we all have trolls. That's just, it's just hard it at the beginning, right? The beginning is the hard it's part. It's super like, vulnerable because, right. and people don't know. And like when you're on ESPN, it's like, they don't know that like we created like this whole, like, I, I don't even want to bring it up, but like, whatever, this whole 94 or whatever percent thing, like we created a test and we tested something over time. Obviously, that's not explained in a two-minute segment on right. Sports Center because they don't have time for that shit. But we created the, the the test to like show that this had better results than just random guessing, and the and that was the whole point, right? And of course, it gets lost in translation. I don't need to like you know. And then and then I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to defend it. So I changed my screen name, DK. Let me this is a long time ago to Cynthia ninety four, and then we just moved on. 
right? Yep. Like, and that was uh, yeah, it, it it blew over quick. That's but, well because it wasn't like it, whatever. It, it's you not didn't like, do anything. That's why you didn't do anything. It's not like a that, crazy thing. But that's how whatever. we met. Like there was a graphic that was put under your name while you were talking, and everyone freaked out. Yeah, because out. But, we cre- and I actually thought, like to be honest with you, I've seen like look, I love I I'm. It, what ESPN did revolutionize the way we all watch sports, so we have to be grateful for that. But, like, they're a big company now, and, like, they make decisions like big companies make decisions. It's Disney. It's a huge company. So we created a test. I actually thought it was one of the more innovative things that we did. Like, we created this test. We saw that it worked, and then we did it on TV. You don't. You just don't get to see that part because that's not interesting right. for SportsCenter, right? Like, right. Oh, anyways, we we can – I digress. Keep going. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's something that – uh. We've addressed many times yeah. and everyone, you know, the beauty of it is now I have my prison mic moments and everything. everyone has that moment. You don't make it to anywhere successful without having one or two bumps in the road. And usually they're not even your fault. All I did was stand up on national TV and I ended up looking stupid Look, and Barstool got a hold of it. So, I mean, you know, whatever. it's a lot of like, times you're not even doing anything. But, but all it is, all it is really is like if you are like actually like there's a difference between like if you are only gimmick. Right. Then then it, right. then you don't like like but, me. Stop it. No, but but the point is, is like, look, like the more you see, so like we put out these short videos a lot. And I actually think the short video is like very helpful for people who care about a game and the outcome of a game, you know? So we try to like appeal to that, but, but not it's, it is what it is, right? Like it's a different audience too. I mean, like, you know, obviously you have to cater to your audience in every respect. And, you know, our audience obviously was just finished watching. We're recording this around uh, midnight East coast time. Mm -hmm. So nine o'clock. Uh, on the left coast there. So we just finished watching the Carolina-Pittsburgh uh, game. We watched it together. And James Conner, big news here, uh, looked like it was big news just because he didn't play basically the whole last drive of the first half, then didn't play the second half. Uh, you found out online that it was just a concussion. So that doesn't look like anything serious. I this game was in the protocol. In the Is protocol. he in protocol? Okay, I, I so don't, we don't know for sure. I don't sure. know for sure. I, but the last I saw that came again, we're t- it's, it's not even in the, midnight. In the so. words of Cynthia Freeland, I'm not a reporter. I'm, I'm not. not trying to break news. Nope. I am not. Okay. <laughs> I've heard you say that like a hundred times. It you just gets be frustrating because it's like, I don't, I actually, that's, I get like annoyed with that where people are like source this happened and then they right. never have to like, so I, I'm, I'm very mindful of that always just cause like, I hate but it appears, it appears yes. that he has a concussion or at least that's the reason he wasn't put back in the game. So this game, um, we bragged a little bit about how right we were on it, yeah. but little recap of this game. What did you see that you were very surprised in? Obviously we both had the Steelers winning. We both thought this game was going over the total. I don't think either of us thought they were going to win by 400 points. So, you know, what did you see in this game? Is there anything to be overly concerned about from a Carolina perspective? Um, is there anything to be overly excited about the Pittsburgh perspective? Or is this just kind of what should have happened? It just got a little bit more out of hand than it should have. Well, it definitely got more out of hand than it should have because Carolina's defense isn't this poor. But I, I think, the, I think the, the main thing that I took away from this is that Pittsburgh's defense is legit, right? Like right. we had a lot of concerns about their secondary earlier in this season. They had a hard time making up for the loss of Ryan Shazier. You and I actually just talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit Which ago. Maybe the biggest loss of yeah. maybe the biggest like one man single, loss to a defense. Yeah, exactly. Like we we it's really hard to see to see how they've they haven't been able to adapt for it. They've so they've changed their style, right? Like right. which is kind of the only thing you can do. Um and obviously look, like Cam the way Cam operates, typically the his rushing ability and then Cam out of the shotgun and you know being able to use either him or Christian McCaffrey that's the key to this offense and that's what they did and that's what happened in that first drive where they scored very quickly and March then Christian right now, McCaffrey right? again but 
you know, like I, I'm not worried about Carolina. I still think that they're going to make it to the playoffs. They have a very favorable schedule going forward. But I think w- the point here is that the AFC North, which has looked very confusing, I think the Steelers, this is kind of where you see the turning point, and they're really solidifying themselves at the top of that division. It's funny we talked about this literally two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were talking about playoff prognostications, and at that point, the Steelers, everyone was like, is it going to be Baltimore? Is it going to be the Steelers? Are the Bengals going to creep in? And me and you both emphatically on the phone were like, this is the Steelers' division. They're going to end up winning this and probably running away with it when all's said and done. So that looks like it's happening. They're moved to 6-2-1. and one. Uh, Carolina Panthers, as you said, uh, six and three, they're still fine. Um, yep. They're going to be fine in the NFC over there. But yep. speaking of playoffs here, you actually do a lot of kind of, I don't know, this is all smart math person stuff, but it's like you run <laughs> numbers and create algorithms and come up with win percentages and all that kind of stuff. So talk to me first about, because on the Game Theory and Money podcast, you do a lot of stuff with the score predictions, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll say, you know, on NFL Network, like I have this team winning 24-21, um, and that's your way of basically talking about how the outcome of the game is going to be in, in a somewhat of a roundabout way for reasons we won't discuss. So, <laughs> the, 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 you know, so you have to present it in that format. I get people saying, because obviously everyone knows we're friends, like, why is Cynthia's score always like three points off what Vegas nobody said? nobody ever scores 22 points. Right. Yeah. Like, how's it going to be like 18? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, she's not saying they're going to lose 14 to one. <laughs> like, it's, it's a realistic number that could be hit. So. Get so, back in ML- the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go cook me dinner, woman. The, uh, so, so they come at me, which is funny, because you'll go out there in a game which has a 45 total and a two-point line, and you'll just say this team's going to win by three, and you'll have the score, 23-20 or whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not the math guy. But, like, Rob, MLB model, uh, who works for my company, does an algorithm, and we'll do a show together where he will say this team, uh, this line's two points off. This line's a point and a half off. Lines aren't off by more than a point or two normally if you're running an algorithm. So you actually have this supercomputer, which you built. You're like a programmer, just complete absolute nerd when it comes to this stuff. So you talk that, to me about Tommy, this you can model. Use this that, and you're actually not saying anything dirty. You can just be like, you're incredible at back-end developing. <laughs> I can't, dude. You Listen, can, I'm trying true. to behave You are an incredible okay? back-end developer. Thank you, Tommy. Cynthia, who's the who's the who's the edgy one here? All right, I'm trying to behave, and you're baiting me. You're you're I'm hanging not, like raw is, meat. This is actual computer. This yeah, raw meat term. in front of a lion. <laughs> Jesus God. All right. The uh, so so talk to me about this. I mean, you've built this whole system. You built this whole formulaic model yep. with projections and stuff. So talk to me a little bit about this and what went into it, and you know, kind of if you could talk even some of the uh, you know key inputs and data points that you use for this. So there's. So first thing you do is you take 15 years. So I, I took 15. You could take 10, whatever, of past I'll take zero data. And just ask you to do it. <laughs> you can take a number of past years of actual results. So what actually happened in games, and you take them and you you combine. I combine um, a formula of very highly correlated statistics to wins. So actually, this past summer I reframed a lot of things so that it was all based on drives as opposed to. It used to be kind of done by plays, but drives mm-hmm. like because that really helps get out the unimpactful drive. So you know, in this game tonight, it's perfect. The fourth quarter doesn't matter, right? Like right. The, the anything that happened in the fourth quarter of this game is just you know it's garbage time. But not only is it garbage time, the statistics that come out of it are also garbage. So when it's when it now looks like you know the the Panthers defense is allowing a billion points, it's it's not. We have just a small sample size. You have to put everything back into drives. So. What are right. the key attributes that really relate to when a drive results in a score or when it doesn't? 
ultimately things like normal things, third down conversion percentages, how often a team has a first down. So, you know, that includes when you convert on second down or on first down and then ultimately touchdowns. So like points per drive, what contributed to those factors? Um, I looked a lot at, I took computer vision. So I took like past years of like the all 22 coaches films. I kind of hate when people talk about that, but you can take computer vision and you can draw what happens with the O lines and you can use the computer to basically draw circles. It looks like a telestration, but the computer mm-hmm. can map it for you. You can find things like how, how much separation receiver had, uh, was the, was a target really even potentially catchable just because the quarterback threw it doesn't mean it's anywhere near the intended target, things like that. So you can go back and you can see what's the most correlated. Really one of the cool things it does is it shows us like this season we're we're outpacing running back scoring, receiving touchdowns by like, I don't know, so like 60 points, something crazy like that, like 1,450 some odd points so far this season with that. So it looks for trends that are different, but ultimately at the end of the day, the same attributes, so no reduced turnovers or no turnovers in situations that are are key situations. Which down and distance is it? What happens most often? And that's what goes into the factor. So you run like 10,000. So you take the past data, you kind of load it, and then you take this year's data and you enter it, and you look for doppelgangers, right? So this team kind of resembles this team, right? Like uh, Wade Phillips, you take the, the, the personnel, so what kind of people are on the team, what who's who's the coach? So Wade Phillips' defense from the Broncos in 2015 does have some similarities to Wade Phillips' defense from the Rams in 2018. So mm-hmm. you look for doppelgangers, and then you match everything up to see what happened in those past outcomes. And then once you find those similarities, it's like buying, it's like you know comps on your on your neighborhood. Like it's and honestly, yeah, it's it's similar to what we used to do in stock trading and stuff. Exactly, we used to stocks in similar markets that act similarly. Yeah, so exactly. So you take comparables and you look to see what happened in the past. And you use it to kind of see these are the most likely outcomes. So the reason that the score ends up being so crazy, and in fact, it's even crazier when you see it in my model because the the result will be like twenty one point three seven three 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 points. Right? You like, should post that. I Can know. you do that this week? Just post twenty one point three seven to eighteen point. I wish that I created the graphics for that, I, but I'll do it for one just for you, just yeah, so that everyone. Do one knows. just for me. I just want one score to come up like yeah, that. Yeah, because I mean, look like. The way that the the lines are created are very is very similar to that. Now they do it with like they're so advanced they've got so many different and they also have like market information like who's bidding on either side. So some right. of it is to do with the stuff that like I'm looking at. So I'm basically looking for mispriced stocks, right? The right. market speaks by actual volume of what's happening on either side of it. Who's placing their you know bets on it's either side? Yep. And mine is just all about who's the misplaced stock. So that's, it's the same thing I did when I was, you know, working in banking. It's the same thing, you know, that kind of stuff there. It's just applying the principles of, instead of it being like your debt to equity ratio, it's like your first downs to first downs given up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's like first downs earned to first downs given up ratio. So it's, it's stuff like that, that all maps up. When I first started, it was funny because when I got into DFS, um, I came out the gate kind of smashing right away. And usually, you know, you're a fish right away and then you kind of learn the ropes. But the reason why is because I started applying the exact day trading Mm. principles, you know, because I used to day trade for a living. And this is I used to say DFS is just day trading athletes. It's really the same exact thing. It's 100%. And, and it's the same. It, you see a lot of people, Pete Jennings, you know, you see Dinkmeyer, you see a lot of these guys who are big in DFS and who were kind of pioneers at the beginning when we all started. All of us came from a finance background. So yeah. there, there are a lot of correlations there. And, you know, it's numbers, it's math. And then it's, there's a little bit of feel to it, obviously, on top of that. So 
with your algo and with your predictions and stuff, you do a lot with uh, playoff predictions. I know mm-hmm. we've talked about that. And it's not just who's going to make the playoffs. Like, I'm a Neanderthal, so I'm just sitting there going, oh, Green Bay's going to make the playoffs three weeks ago. But there's no math behind it. I'm just a monkey, right? No, so, I mean, you are you can't turn it off. You're always math, even if you don't mean to. Yeah, but I, I don't tell anyone else that. Okay, like, we sorry. We try to keep that a secret here. First, so. you're the sweetheart, so, yeah. and then you're... I try to. Then you know you're how math, you like, say, yeah, you're you're really I'm killing ruining the brand it. Here. I'm we, sorry. I'm sorry. Let's start this thing over. <laughs> so, <laughs> this isn't live, right? But uh, kind of like you said, how you're unassuming when you go up to the coaches and stuff because you're a pretty blonde girl walking up. I'm unassuming because I'm a complete Neanderthal psychopath on Twitter, so I like to hide the fact that I actually know math. I'm pretty so sure we're that, keep the, that the um, deal. elite mafia knows this. <laughs> they even might be figuring it out little by little, <laughs> day by day. So let's talk about that. I mean, we just talked about the Pittsburgh-Carolina game. You said yep. it really doesn't affect you know their percentages yep. making the playoffs. Obviously, it might drop at a point or two, but they should still make the playoffs for the Panthers. Um, I'm looking at your numbers here. You sent them over to me. Mm-hmm. So before this game, this is as of, uh, what, a few days ago. So this isn't counting the no, Thursday night No, I sent you the one. I sent you the if Pitt wins one. I can tell you what. Oh, all right. That's right. Ago. See, I don't have any yeah, memory. But so, I sent so you the So this is the if Pitt wins. Yep. I, right, I plugged it in for you and ran it before we did this because, you know, that's that's what I do. That's what I do You're for you. You're so good at this stuff. That's how, <laughs> that's how smart we are, too. We didn't even You didn't even factor in that Pitt can lose because you took them. So. No, I had both um, ways, actually. I did it if Carolina no, wins. Don't say that, Sam. Just say you didn't even calculate the Panthers. There we go. God, right. I'll, I got to teach you how to act because you're too real. <laughs> Be less honest. Trust me. Like, people like that. Yeah. They like me lying. Uh, so you got the Steelers at 64.7% chance. I'm yep. looking at this right now. I'm just going to read a couple of these numbers yep. off. Tell me which ones you think might surprise people or something that, you know, just might be a little odd. First one I'll point out, you have the Rams at 99.9% and the Saints at 97.4%. We know they're both getting in. Might be surprising to some people that the Rams just lost to the Saints, that your model still has the Rams ranked higher than the Saints. Yeah, I mean, it's ultimately all about schedule, right? The Rams play in a much easier division. Their chance, they're about to take, I believe it's a, it will be a four-and-a-half game lead on the division if they beat mm-hmm. the Seahawks this weekend. Don't quote me about that half because I get confused about how that works. But the, mm-hmm. they take a significant, uncatchable lead. Whereas the NFC South is a lot more competitive. I mean, the Falcons keep winning games that they kind of shouldn't. The Panthers are very competitive. So that's really just a factor of their schedule. It's not – because remember, playoff projections aren't just where they are now. Like, that's boring. We already know that. You have to be forward-looking with this. So Rams, number one, for sure. Right, exactly. Okay, so – we have the Eagles at 58.7%. This is one I actually put a play in for, um, I think it was three weeks ago, uh, when everyone was really down on the on the Eagles, obviously just stock trader mentality, buy low opportunity on the mm-hmm. Eagles um, on our book here. So the Eagles you have sitting at 58.7%, Packers at 58%. Um, I think some people would be surprised at one of those two. I think both of them, maybe. I mean, they're number three and number four. So number three, Eagles... I think this is the week we see it all kind of start to come together. It's all about third down, and they've been closing the gap a big time on inefficiencies in third and third down. And then they added Golden Tate, which does nothing but bolster third down because not only does Golden Tate provide excellent yak just on any catch, but especially on third down, the way that they can use him there will just totally change their ability to like just keep the sticks moving. Right. So I think that's a big and what do you do? Like how much how much of a process is that when Tate gets traded to the Eagles? Obviously, what do you have to do? Is that something you need to manually go in and override? Like, how do you actually adjust for that when that trade happens? And how much did it actually affect the Eagles chances of making the playoffs? 
yeah, it's it's all that's all well the input's manual and then you have to kind of rerun the rest of the season, right? So you take in luckily with Tate you have a lot of data on him because he's he was used a lot. It stinks right. when it's someone like Nick Mullins who you have no data on. So right. it's really hard to run a tr- a true model on a guy who didn't even get invited to the combine, but a guy right. like Tate it's really it's a lot easier because it's like ultimately for receivers it's like which routes do they run most often? which routes are the Eagles most likely to use him in Doug Peterson's scheme is kind of easy to track now because we have a, like their offensive diversity is really interesting, but it's also pretty trackable now because we have over a year of we data. Got a track of him record. On we got him. data behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's not how much did it jump him? Do you like remember that. how much it jumped him? Did it jump him a couple percentage points? Was it one percent? What did the Tate trade do for him? Do you remember? I don't quote me on this. I think I'll have to go back and look, but I think it was something like 5%. Five or, wow, which is which is pretty significant. That's ultimately significant. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, anything you can do to mask the the their defensive front is great for the Eagles, but the, anything you can do to keep this the more first downs for the Eagles' offense was going to make them even bigger because really where the Eagles' defense is able to be targeted is in that secondary. What about the Packers here? Fifty-eight percent. I mean, a lot of people who are number in the four. Anathols. Come at me. Come at me, Vikings. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> sitting there looking three and I'm four like, Green Bay Packers. Three, four, and one. Vikings five, three, and one. Yep. C. Freeland over here is saying that the Packers have a fifty-eight percent chance of making the playoffs, and the Vikings are forty-nine point nine. We're gonna have some upset people up in draft cheat country over there in Minnesota. So, talk to me about oh, what the draft. reason why the Pete. Packers are draft so high cheat on Pete. Draft cheat Pete. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I fucking love you. That's great. So what? What? Uh, what are you looking at here with the Packers? Okay. Thing number one. Please remember the Vikings are playing a first place schedule. Please also remember the Packers are playing a third place schedule, which means they still have. You ready? Dolphins mm-hmm. this week. Cardinals at home. Pretty sure they're going to win that win. one. Win. Right. And then they end with the Lions. Okay. They're the ones, and by the way, oh yeah, and I forgot, they're at the Jets. One, hey, two, hey, th- hey, hey, relax. I'm a Jets fan, <laughs> all right? Be easy there. Uh, okay. Um, you want to, you think they're going to win that game? <laughs> Jets win that game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, okay got it. Get got drilled. It. So we got the Lions, we got the Jets, we got the Cardinals, and you got the Dolphins. So you're saying that's right. basically four automatic wins right there. I, I think those are overwhelming wins, over 70% right. projected in my models going forward, right? So okay. those are pretty convincing wins. And also, Look, the only game that they're not favored in, so they also have, so just a really quick recap of their schedule goes Dolphins this week at Seahawks, at Vikings. That's the only one where they're not favored in per my model, and that's like Mm -hmm. almost the coin flip. It's like 54%. It's at the Vikings. It's on Thanksgiving, or no, it's not. It's the week after Thanksgiving, rather. So, or no, that's the week of Thanksgiving. It's just the Sunday. It is. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So, we don't don't worry about dates here. eh, We don't don't bother ourselves with that stuff. It's in November. That's all we need to know. Right, right. It's in two weeks. So, not that I don't even know what day Thanksgiving is. It's 24th. So, yeah, it's probably like a day later. Yeah, yeah. So, at the Vikings. Right. That's the only one that's left that's like really in question. Then they've got Cardinals, Falcons, at Bears, at Jets, and then Lions. So, that's pretty, that's not, not a, that's a pretty favorable schedule. Yeah. And then and the, the Vikings, Vikings, right. On the other hand, the Vikings, at Bears, Packers, they've got the Patriots. Have you heard at, of them? At the Patriots, too. Yeah, they're a pretty good football team. Yeah. So, And then they've got um, Seahawks at the Seahawks. They've got at the Lions. They've got the Dolphins at home. They, so they both have the Dolphins and they have the Bears. But look, that split is a big deal. They still have the Patriots. Like I think because the Packers lost two in a row, but they lost two in a row to the, some, the Rams and the, and right. the Patriots, like – 
those aren't bad losses, right? They're they're pretty quality losses. Those are do you playoff think, losses. So what? How important do you think this Packers Vikings game is going to be to this? Because I think it's going to be Marvel, huge. It's going to be the thing that that shifts it. It's going to be totally the thing that shifts it. So another one here. Let me just see who else in the NFC. NFC is pretty clean after that. I think that would be the surprising one. Just an off-topic question here about the Rams because mm-hmm. I've been super high on the Rams. My preseason guide, I had you know Rams winning the Super Bowl, like just tremendous odds, like literally tremendous odds, ten to one odds and stuff like that on a lot of the Rams props and girly props. And I was just you know counting my money basically up until last week, and we were talking a little bit at the end of that game. I was a little bit nervous about what I was seeing with Jared Goff at the end of that game. Just, I just feel like, and you're a numbers girl, so I don't know if you have any analytics that you could put towards this, but this dude looks amazing, but we have to remember that he's been basically dominating in every game because he's got such a talented offense, a good enough defense, and the best coach in the NFL, in my opinion. So in the end of these close games, I start to worry about him. He imploded, and if you rewatch that game, he imploded. Like, that was a lot of Jared Goff. He was making bad audibles at the line, making bad decisions. I'm a little more worried about Goff. I'm not worried about the Rams. I'm worried about Goff in a big game late against New Orleans in the playoffs or Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs on a game-winning drive. What do you have? What's your take on this, this Rams team and Goff leading it going forward? Well, one thing to get out of the way is I believe the thing you should be more worried about than Goff is their secondary. So, that's the thing that really flags for me as being a problem. Not just Marcus Peters is his temper, but just in general, they're secondary. But flipping it over to Goff, because obviously those, these two things go hand in hand, right? Like if you, if it's tricky to stop the pass, then it's, it's going to be interesting. You got to stay playing from ahead. When you right. talk about Goff imploding, the thing, even before this Saints game, the thing I, I was, I thought was really fascinating. We've seen 96% of the time, this team uses three wide receiver sets. That's crazy mm-hmm. high. And the same more three than wide receivers, else. right? Right. What's that? And the same wide receivers. These guys play like 98% of the snaps. Correct. And then, yeah. so, and it's almost all play action. Nobody uses more play action than the Rams, and it's throwing play action. So typically to get Todd Gurley going, you know, potentially there's something different. It's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting like play action shotgun stuff, like, right? Like three, you're, you're going to see Jared Goff in these short passes. You know it. So when they stop working, that's when things get tricky. So when you get those right. third downs and you get third and long or third in an obvious passing down, it was actually very fascinating. Even before the Saints game, no quarterback has thrown more interceptions on third down than Jared Goff. He has four. So In the league? In the league. I wouldn't have guessed that. No. I, would, I wouldn't even have guessed like Rosen? I would have thought it was like Rosen. No, Rosen's second. <laughs> I thought right? Rosen, Rosen in one game, right? Probably Peterman probably could have topped that in a game. You figure out yeah. third down. No, but it's like third down. So like if you're looking at it from like a total situational perspective, like that's troubling because if you are effective at minimizing the impact of Todd Gurley, which is very hard to do, but if you're able to do that, then you're putting Jared Goff in these uncomfortable situations. And as much as they like McVay disguises simplicity with like pre-snap reads that are very mm-hmm. different, but you're really just running the same play, it doesn't it doesn't work, right? So right. ultimately, if you're putting you in those pressure situations, like that is where his non-veteran status shows up. Right, like I think Jared Goff's a good quarterback. I think he's a great. He's a good spot he's, in the he's, he's a great. You could even say he's a great quarterback. You know, with what we've seen, some of the throws that he's made, he's made this year. I was absolutely I hated Jared Goff. I I thought it was, and, and I'll admit I was wrong on this. I admit I thought 
everyone's like, oh, Jared got, I was like, dude, you're not taking this guy and winning Super Bowls with this guy. Like, why is everyone hyping it up? It's one of those situations where there was a light quarterback draft and he just happened to be the best of the light quarterbacks. Calm down. You know what's funny? I think that's but like I was the best wrong. one. I think that's a be- one of the better dr- – like, I think Wentz is a Right, stud. it ended up I being – right, it ended up right? being – you know, I, I was dead wrong on that draft. I liked Wentz. I thought Wentz should have gone ahead of Goff, and that's, you know, still debatable, but I think you could still argue that point easily. But I just thought Goff was going to suck. I thought he was going to be complete garbage, and I still lean a little bit that system's more important than personnel – um, in the NFL, that's that's a theory of mine. Me and Jeff Manns talk about that all the time. You see running back. Look at Todd Gurley. Look at Todd Gurley three years ago under Fisher when the guy was rushing for 800 yards, and now all of a sudden he's like the best player in football history. So he hasn't well, I mean, changed I think, much. I think, Dak's a, I think Dak's a better example, right? Because Dak's a great like, example too. Yeah. Right? Because like – and I like it's it's both. Let's be honest, it's both, right? It's it it's is. the person and the system. But I I would tend to agree with you. I, I also think like it, look at the veteran status and then system, right? Like I think Jared Goff in three more years cultivated under a Sean McVay offense is going to be more able to like handle adversity than oh yeah, you know like so it's it's kind of like there are both of you are right and both of you are wrong, right? Like right, some it's balance and it's, in between. I have literally, I mean, I think McVeigh might be the first guy that's ever made me doubt my sexuality. Like, I literally, like, am so attracted to his brain. It's insane. Like, I have a, the biggest man crush on McVeigh. And he just happens to be a beautiful human on top of that. But, like, I just love this dude. And I love what he does. I love how he's innovated. I love all that. So, I mean, I have confidence that McVeigh is not only going to, you know, put him in the right situations, put him in situations to succeed. But it seems like he's the type of guy who's going to spend a lot of time with Goff and encourage him and not, you know, break this kid mentally, not go Hugh Jackson on him, not go uh, some of your favorite coaches from the Browns that we'll talk about. But it seems like the Saints are the worst matchup for the Rams, in my opinion, simply because, I mean, we talk about the secondaries, but the Saints don't have a great secondary. The Eagles don't have a great secondary. The Packers don't have a great secondary, right? So even though the Rams are deficient there, I think there's a lot of similarities amongst these four teams, right? Superstar quarterbacks, if you want to put Goff in that category. You know, you have Breeze, you have Wentz, you have Rodgers. They're, they're very similar teams in a lot of ways. The difference is the Rams need to run based on the data that you're just saying. And the Saints are the one team that had been amazing at stopping the run. So it, where do you, how do you see that game playing out? If that game happens in L.A., if that's a home game for the Rams, do you think that Saints front is enough to get them by the Rams in the playoffs? So that's a tricky one because I don't I, – I'm less I, – look, I understand the Dome. It's very loud. I understand those things matter. I don't love home and away splits as much as some people do. I, I get it. Some, some places it matters. Some places it doesn't. I don't think it matters at all in this. I, I think it matters a I tiny bit, but I factor them in a lot more when it's a team like the Saints going to Green Bay in the winter rather than yeah, going to a, L.A. That's in a the lot winter. different. L.A., you know? like outdoor right. L.A. is really not yeah. that much different from indoor. You're going to Saints. 75 <laughs> degrees in that game. That's the big difference. It's the cold, I think, that affects some of these warm weather guys. But what's your, what's yeah. your take? Who do you think wins that? Look, I still think I'd give the advantage to the Saints there, not because – not necessarily because – of their front. And I, I think Todd Gurley has a better game if they play again, because I think they game plan it a bit different and they, you know, they run they some different, yeah. yeah, they make some adjustments. They run some different kind of different looking sets and Wade Phillips figures some stuff out. Wade's a genius. He's, he's great. So there's, a, there's a number of ways that I think that there would be differences. My, my kind of problem in this one, or my, the thing that I would have a hard time figuring out is like, 
you know, look, look, like Drew Brees with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara, with he just has so many weapons, including, I mean, they got Ben Watson involved. There's a ton of different Added options Des for Bryant, them. Added Traquan Smith, right. There's yeah. A lot there. Yeah, so I just think that they have kind of too much in the arsenal considering Brees is on a tear. And, and the experience. I mean, you're talking yeah, about, we just spoke about Goff being young. Really, like diagnosing, like, look, Aaron Donald is the best, in, is the, is the best defender in the league by like, right. I'm sorry. I, I know some people may not agree with me, but Aaron Donald is the most disruptive defensive player in any front on any team done. Like that's my it's opinion. Fact. And I can back it up with a bunch of stats, stats, but I mean, listen, even if you're is, wrong, is, you're, you know, like you're Saints, talking maybe like a Khalil Mack, so maybe there's on one guards. or two other people that you could put there. Right. Yeah. But, but not, but, he's the best and it's it's i guess it's close but not really right so for me the the difference is is because the saints invested in those guards their two guards are ridiculous and their center is ridiculous yeah they don't have as big of tackles as other people but like that's kind of like the best balance against the rams right that's what you want yeah yeah like keep it in the middle and keep your quarterback clean and by the way drew Brees getting the ball out of his hands faster than any other quarterback like that's, That's also how you counteract Aaron Donald. Yep. You're right. <laughs> so this is, it's kind of like they have just the right medicine for they're their kryptonite, you know? It it is. And that's the thing. And uh, and I don't want to believe it, right? Because I wanna obviously I have, you know, a lot of money invested in the Rams. But they have the kryptonite. That's that's a great point you just made because I wasn't even really factoring that in. But the fact that I, I don't know if anyone even realizes or is willing to accept that this Saints run D is legit. You know, I think everyone's just trying to write it off as like variants and, you know, playing some weaker opponents. But it, it comes a point we're at week 10 and this team is literally like the, they've allowed the least yards on the ground, I think, of any team in football. So they have. You're we right. have to start accepting that. And we've already talked about that. If you have a young quarterback, you take Gurley away. That's going to be a negative. And now you're mentioning, I mean, Breeze's release time is incredible. We all know that. So you're taking you're neutralizing Aaron Donald and guys like that. So. Ah oh, shit! I might have to. I might have to flip here and just hedge out with some Saints stuff. But let's move over to the AFC for a second. <laughs> so, well, my AFC preseason real... pick, my preseason pick was Saints and Chiefs. So I'm. Oh, so wait, you got a bias too? Uh, damn, I, you have data look, behind it. Though. My model. Yeah, I can't my, even. I can't even picks. do it. I can't. Even I stay do it. on brand, baby. I. Stay I want to blow you up, but you, you actually put data behind it, which is annoying. So we're gonna have some serious <laughs> bets on that. I may fly out to California if they play in that game. And we'll just go balls That'd to be the wall a sick and get drunk game. and That'd be a that. sick game. I'd love to see So, yeah. AFC. I mean, it seems pretty, I wouldn't say chalky, but it seems like we know where everyone's going now that the Jaguars are kind of falling apart. You have them as uh, 46%, so not making the playoffs. Baltimore Ravens are kind of on the verge of extinction here. They're a loss or two away from probably even losing their coach. Uh, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Texans, those are those three teams that, I, that your model claims will get in. I am in agree with, with you. I think this is dead on how you have them ranked. Chiefs, Patriots, Steelers, Texans, Chargers, Bengals. We talked about the Steelers a little bit, but the big question here in the AFC, this is really – this is it. This, that's why I said it's Chiefs, Patriots. So mm-hmm. your model has this only 0.4 percentage points apart. So you have these teams pretty much equal, giving the slight edge to Andy Reid here. So what's your take on if these two teams meet in the AFC Championship – Who's going to the bowl? So everyone likes to talk about how Andy becomes ba- a bad play caller in the second half of the season, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that Andy has. So okay, uh, I'm trying to. 
I'm trying to quantify this easily. So if you're trying to dumb it down so a Neanderthal like me can understand. (laughs) No, I mean, I just I'm trying to say it so that I don't get tongue tied because it's really kind of confusing. And it's something I've been working on as a pre playoff, you know, kind of something that looking ahead to the playoffs, like some I'm really trying to model this out in a way that's really substantial. And it's like if a normal quarterback at the the number of games experience that Patrick Mahomes has, if they have, let's say, like, let's say they have 100 plays that they're mastering. So mastering is, like, not just, like, completed once or twice in a game, but, like, you know, you see them use it on different downs and in different situations, and they really have, like, a lot of, we're going to call it experience running certain plays. Mm-hmm. So you saw it. Actually, we can go back to Dak to – you know, when his for his rookie season, two seasons ago, and you can see like in the beginning, it was like, hand it off to Zeke, hand it off to Zeke, hand it off to Zeke. Then they started adding these like more complex passes. Like obviously everyone knows passing deep outside the numbers. Those are higher risk throws, very more difficult throws to make. Right. So you saw those get folded in kind of slowly. So you saw him slowly add wrinkles to his playbook. Right. Like, so we saw deck, it kind of happened before our very eyes. Right. Right. Well, Patrick Mahomes, where he is with the number of plays and the diversity of plays that they can call for him. By the way, it really helps that he has Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. He's got just so many options. That's insane. So the diversity of plays is something like four times what a normal quarterback with his level of experience would have. And by the way, he doesn't erode under pressure. So he's got kind of like this incredible blend of like, he He's doesn't the perfect know. human. Go ahead. He's the perfect human. He's literally <laughs> like, like literally, I, I'm obsessed with him now. And at the beginning of the year, I wasn't as high on him either. But go on. Yeah. So I, I was obsessed with the fact that he already knows he can go in. When I got a chance to meet him, it was awesome. And when I got a chance to talk to Andy about him, and I'm name dropping, and I'm sorry, but this is how I know this is oh, so wow. interesting, right? Oh, um, wow. He said to me before the season, He's like, look at how many different plays we run with him and map it against these four players. So I did just because, I mean, he told me to do it. So why wouldn't I take, right. you know, he, he, he told me what to do. He's not telling so started, you for no reason. You're obviously going to find something cool in there. Right. Like, you know, so w- let's use it and like, let's find it. So I, I started doing that. And in doing so, you did see, and look, I did it for 10 years worth of quarterbacks coming out because you really don't know who a quarterback is until they've played three seasons. You do not know. Right. Three seasons of games. So Patrick Mahomes is like one game plus a rookie, right? Because he only right. played one game last season. Yep. So he's not hes not even a second-year quarterback. He's not even Mitchell Trubisky. He's right. kind of like half, right? Like half his experience. So ultimately mm-hmm. for that, like you see these things develop and you see like, wow, he's, he is actually – doing all of these different things and it's pretty amazing how they're how that's happening that was that was really impressive so to me those things will keep Andy Reid from getting in that play calling slump because he's going to be able to call even more things and oh by the way Patrick Mahomes already goes in and meets with Andy to help pick out the plays which by the way some seven-year vets don't even do and I can assure you of that (laughs) so 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 with all this being said do you think it's enough to beat the Patriots? I do. I don't think it's going to be a a slam dunk. I don't think I think that it if they get a chance to have that game at Arrowhead, I think in Arrowhead in the playoffs that will be really really interesting. Now, I'm worried about their defense 
Let's see how the Kansas City defense holds up because this is kind of a big if. I'm banking here on the return of Eric Berry, which, look, they've kept that roster spot open for him all season long, but that is a safety that makes a gigantic difference because you know Tom Brady crushes you in the middle of the field. So Eric Berry being back, Pro Bowl safety, big, big, big deal for this very leaky defense. So I'm banking on some things, some health on their defense. But if it's, you know, who I think the Chiefs are with the roster that they have and Patrick Mahomes and the roster, both of the Patriots and the, and the Chiefs have, I do give the advantage here. Tiny one, tiny one to the Chiefs. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. And, and a lot of people, you know, saw that game, you know, against the Patriots where, you know, it really wasn't as close as the score says, right? They were actually on the verge of getting blown out at that game. I believe it was at halftime. They were getting killed, and then they came back all the way at the end. Um, we were talking that day. That was when I had that big that big free Twitter bet that I put out there uh, that came through because of Patty Mahomes, thank God. But Love it. I think that was a good thing because when I look at that, I looked at a kid who looked completely overwhelmed in the beginning of that game, and he came around and just bawled the hell out in the second half literally should have won the game. There was a couple of ridiculous things that happened at the end of that game to cost him an opportunity to win it. But I thought that was great. I mean, that was a situation where he was actually tested in the toughest environment you're going to see as a rookie, you know, national TV against the Patriots getting blown out. Like that's when most people would go, as I call bad cam and just put the mm-hmm. towel over their head and start and start packing it in. But to see him come back from that fire back, make that a close game, tie that game, almost win that game. I think that's going to give him a lot of confidence going into the playoffs, and I do think they're going to finish with a better record than the Patriots, and that home game is everything in that situation. So, um, yes, unless that's Gronk one that does matter. That is a cold environment. 100%. <laughs> so cold. You want this kid at home, and you want this kid at home. You, that's a tough place to pr- play. So I'm with you on there. So you're looking Chiefs-Saints Super Bowl. I'm hoping Rams Saints, uh, Rams Chiefs, but I think I'm leaning Saints. I'm saying it by accident, even I'm so pissed off about it. So <laughs> I'm going to blame you for that, but at least I'll be drinking with you in California when it happens. So Perfect. Let's talk about this. We talk a lot about you know turnovers, interceptions, fumbles. You've seen a little bit. I'm assuming you're in a different world now, but uh, I know we've glanced about it. Um, there's some people who will rename, remain nameless who probably have never even watched or played football in their lives. But again, that's that's my battle for another day. But there's people on Twitter, Cynthia, who are saying that all interceptions are random and all fumbles are random and they should not be factored in. And said people will still make these same arguments about Jameis Winston, how he should not have been benched because of interceptions because they're <laughs> random, even though he's turned the ball over 79 times in 48 games. It's completely random. And I have gone on – I have – it has taken – Every part of my being to not absolutely lose my mind on said people on Twitter. But I would like to bring in someone like yourself, who is also a very analytical person. I know this statement is wrong. And if you (laughs) dare defend it, we are going to go to war. But talk to me a little bit about people saying all interceptions are random. Cynthia, the floor is yours. First of all. Anyone in football who tells you anything is an all, there is no, there's exactly. nothing binary, right? Is nothing is all and nothing everything is and always, right? So it's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, I you, can't even speak on this. I'm just going to let you do all the talking because if I speak, I'm going to be dropping f bombs left and right, and you're never <laughs> going to be allowed on this podcast again. So you just go. So I, I, I have seen this argument, and I have, I have questioned it. 
and I tried to be really objective because that's how I approach everything. Um, so I went into the data and I dug into some situational data because, you know, think about it like this. Hail Marys, sure. You could say right. something like all Hail Marys are, if they're intercept, if it's an interception or somehow fumble happens. disqualified. Sure. Right. You absolutely have to parse that out, right? Get rid of that. But when it comes to play calling, just think of it like this, just common sense, right? It's um, the fourth quarter and you're down by 10 points and you've, you're driving and you're at your opponent's, I don't know, 45. Your kicker can't quite make it from there. And you're, it's third and 12. Um, the play selection that, a, that coaches have made kind of shows that they're indifferent between whether or not an interception or some sort of turnover happens at this point in this situation in the game from this down, from this distance, and it, with the score. So you've seen in these situations there is an uptick in, in interceptions here. Right. Now, I went through, and, I, and, and I'm going to give you a percentage. It's not perfect because I just took it for three years, and I just took that situation exactly. Ten points, three years third and something at a kick, like just outside of a kicker's range or at a very, and by the way, you're not going to kick in that situation here, depending on the time, right? Like it's kind of stupid to kick because you, there's other variables, right? Right. So you, in those situations, you see interceptions at a rate, right? Wait for it. Six times greater than a normal (laughs) interception rate. So that. That I is love a, you. I love marry me. Like just to be able to have someone who like is can go part. First of all, parsing data. Like I'm screaming here, and I'm just sitting here going, "Someone find me numbers!" Like someone go find me math because I could just sit here and scream all I want, but this can't get through to this kid because he doesn't understand the schematics and the basics of football. Someone go find me math. So please continue, Cynthia. So if something happens at a really significantly different rate in a situation. Like six times? Like, yeah. It's not like 1.01 times, right? It's like six times. So if something happens six times more often, then look, that's not even accounting for zone versus man schemes. I, I, tr- I looked at it a bunch of different ways. That one was the cleanest one from like a mental picture because I know you're – anyone who's listening here is a smart football fan, so they know what I'm talking about. All of those things I described <laughs> – You haven't met some of my subscribers. <laughs> no, but they know what I'm talking about, right? Right, but the they game, know what you're talking about. Ex- yeah. the, I try to figure out what's a, what's a scenario that I can easily describe that's not like, okay, it's blah, 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 and it's man right. coverage against a cornerback that's one of the top five cornerbacks in the league, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's too that's too granular right i just tried to right. find it so i think that's to me that's a really good illustration of why it is not at all random right like it, it, some things not. are but right there it's it's ridiculous i mean by saying but first of all everyone loses and of course i'm i'm trying to make a point about using universals as i use a universal everyone but most people lose arguments the second they say all or never. Now, I speak in hyperbole nonstop. Right. That's, I'm just emphatic and I'm emotional and I like to get my point across. So I'm, everyone's this and everyone's that. But I don't claim to be a data analytics guy who's trying to you know, play percentages of a point. I get in arguments with, with Rob, our, our data guy and, and my CEO, where he's always like, well, you never buy a point in football because you don't want to lay the extra 20 cents because you're not getting this type of percentage in your return. And I'm like, dude, I want to win the bet. Like I'm laying the 20 cents, right? So uh, we'll get in debates like that. So I don't tend to, 
I do speak in hyperbole a lot. But if you are a data person and you claim to be a data person, which you are and other people in this industry who are making the same debate are, you have to look at the data and understand that, yes, even if your data is perfect, which this is not, you can never say all quarterbacks. You can right. never say no interception. Like, those are Well, I did take it one step further for you to get extra validity because Please I wanted do. to make sure. So I talked to three coaches who are responsible for offensive game plans, and I asked them specifically – do you care about, like, do you think that there's a case where, and we talked about it for a long time, is there any way, like, when is an interception random? And we went right. through all the scenarios. These are the people who are responsible for calling the plays. And then they are also responsible for what their defenses are doing to stop opponents, you know, just because they're head coaches or because they, they understand, they, they're all responsible for it. So, right. you know, every single one of them was like, I don't, I can't think of like yeah if if a ball bounces off the back of someone's head and like bounces right. sideways tip balls stuff of like that of course but you know you know the best way to know if something's random or not is to to watch it so you got to actually mm-hmm. watch the game right so if you're going to say something like all interceptions are random then and I can name four scenarios where they aren't random then maybe maybe it would be benefit you to like go back and watch and say you know these types of interceptions some are. are random. You, you can't even say most are, but you could say some are. We'll, we'll 100%. Yeah. We'll, and everyone like, will agree some are. Yeah. I mean, there's and there's also a reason why. Like, just, you know, from the, the smell test, like, guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they don't throw a lot of interceptions, right? right. You could say they throw shorter passes. Well, of course, shorter passes are higher probability passes. Well, why do you think they call them higher probability passes? Because there's less probability for them to get picked off, right. exactly, so, which so, means interceptions are not random. Right, right. like the less probability, there's a greater probability that they get caught, and there's also a greater probability that they don't get intercepted. So that's the type of thing where, you know, you just can't say that. There's so much that goes it's into It's ridiculous. That. Yeah, it's just, like, no, don't believe people who say all or nothing. You can say and all, then, all Hail Marys are, sure. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you also have a situation, too, where, you know, said people double down on it. And then make a dumb comment like when someone said, so you think Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the same amount of interceptions in Eli Manning. That's what you'd project it for because it's random. And it's like, no, they wouldn't because Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Well, right there, you basically just lost your argument by saying that a better quarterback is going to throw less interceptions, which therefore inherently would not make it random. It's impossible to be random if a skill set from one player would actually give him less of a chance of doing said thing than the other player. So my person thing, I mean, you didn't even go into personnel. The fact that if you're talking about a Ben Roethlisberger who's playing for the Steelers, who's got receivers like Juju and Antonio Brown with separation separation rates that are elite compared to a Sam Darnold that's playing with Jermaine Curse and Who guys like him. that is his, right. like exactly like you're you're not factoring in play calling, you're not factoring in down and distance. If you have a team that can't run the ball and you're constantly in third and twelve situations compared yeah. to a team that can run the ball that's constantly in third and three situations, there's going to be a lower probability. To say even all fumbles are random, and I think we'll both agree that the fumble aspect of it is something that most people will say, well, yeah, all fumbles are random. That's not even true. Oh, so fumbles are interesting because there's so much that goes into So running back coaches like never get talked about, but if you talk mm-hmm. to a guy like Deuce Staley, who's amazing, he's the Eagles running back, co- yep. running back coach. Obviously, he was a running back himself. Talk to guys player, like yeah. MJD, talk to that. How, how people hold the ball, their footwork. Where mm-hmm. are they running through the A gap more often or are they bouncing outside? Like those things are all really, really important because 
however many times, like if this, this think of it like very, again, we're just like, think of it when you close your eyes, like you're watching a game, right? If I'm getting hit by five defenders when I'm trying to carry a ball, there's a greater chance that I fumble than if I'm not getting hit by any. Right. Or one, or, or if you're getting right. hit by a 320 pound defender compared to a 160 pound corner, who's basically just grabbing at your ankles, trying to get you down, let alone trying to strip the football. There's very few situations, but we've seen it with teams like the bears, you know, a few years ago when they had the right personnel to be that ball hawking defense. And they used to intentionally go and punch at the ball. Right. You know, it wasn't a coincidence after a while. The biggest example is Tiki Barber, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, when he was playing here in New York, you're talking about a guy who had fumbling problems and almost put him out of football and basically spent a whole off season changing the way he gripped the ball. That, holding was, it higher say, and that tighter. was a grip issue. And, and he issue. literally is speaking to whenever you see a running back with a fumbling problem, the first person they call is Tiki. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how he's helped these people do this. But I mean, it's just crazy. You look at someone like Shady McCoy. He's obviously always going to have more fumbles than the average running back because he holds the ball out like he's Michael Vick. I sent you a video, Sin, literally when we were talking about the fumble issues. I was watching like a Southern Miss game or something. And the dude was running around, remember, at the end of the game holding the ball. Me and Big Cat oh, both tweeted it at the same time. Remember I sent you that video? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. would, you, would you be surprised if this guy has been top eight in the conference in fumbles for the last three seasons? Like, yes, there are situations where fumbles are random, probably more often to, than interceptions, but not all fumbles Everything are in football, the reason thing. analytics is so hard in football is because it's not like baseball is they've got so many great available tools. Right. They've measured so many things. So and your sample size is gigantic too. Yeah. And look, a binary thing happens. There's a pitch and there's either a hit or a not hit. And then a lot of other things happen to you. And yes, there's a lot that goes on with that pitch and the batter. And there's a lot that goes on there, but times that by 22 or I guess right. 11, right on either side. So right. like that's football is so, and you know, the, the complimentary football is a lot more than just run support, right? Like there is a lot that goes on. Special teams don't get, doesn't get counted enough defense complimenting your offense to mask the things that you do wrong versus what your opponents do wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that are very, it's just very, it's just more, there's so many variables. It gets very, very tricky. And by the way, there are play calling tendencies, like what kind of pitch a pitcher decides to throw or a coach calls or is, is called that's way different than like, does everyone line up in the right spot and do they get to the right spot? Like it is, it is, there's just, there's a lot more that can go wrong. Yeah. And it's, you know, we talk about it all the time, the baseball, um, basketball, you know, you look at a lot of these sports, they're primarily one-on-one games, right? It's pitcher versus batter. And then once the ball gets in the air, it's basically ball versus player, you know, like there's, there's not much cooperation in the game of baseball, except for plays when people are stealing double plays, things like that. So, in football, it doesn't matter. Anyone who does anything on a football field, those five guys in front need to do their job in order for any play to succeed. Right. So inherently, on every single snap, there's a minimum of six people involved. The person touching the ball and the five guys in front. You could say maybe four guys if you don't count you know, the tackles in certain plays where you're running directly up the gut quarterback sneak or something. I but. still think that they're like, I think all of them matter on every play because what my tackle, what my tackle signals gives the perimeter pressure. Right. There's, exactly. There's exactly. so many, like every single, every single player matters on every single down, which is what's so cool. And which means that that's where there's a great space to innovate. But it also means that sometimes when people t- have lazy takes, that it's well, yes, exactly. frustrating because you're like, hey, I do a year's worth of work to measure linemen's asses. 
and you're doing and you're just you're tweeting like, something in 140 you know like is, you're dovetailing right now. the only reason i'm cutting you off here is because this is one of the things i wanted to ask you so yeah i wanted to do you know before we get out of here just pet peeves there's a couple things that we've talked about i don't even know if you'll remember us talking about them but it was a while ago one of the things was me saying this and you're familiar with this dfs industry which makes it great i'm not going to make you call anyone out first of all i'm proud of myself i've gone an hour and i haven't cursed but I think I've cursed more than you. You actually have. Yeah. I can keep in track. Okay, you cursed twice. I think I might have slipped something once. It's okay. So, it's okay. I got to stay under. I got to stay under. It's a plus, <laughs> plus, plus five, 1500 for me to lose this. So <laughs> people who create what I call BS, there was an opportunity to curse, BS tools and stats. It drives me insane. Me and you have talked about this ad nauseum over the last three years that we've been friends. And as someone in the industry who has to be double-checked and triple-checked, not only by yourself, but you have teams relying on, you have who people are drafting relying on your data and your information. You're going on national TV shows with tens of millions of people watching relying on your information. Your information cannot be wrong. Um, It could be slightly flawed maybe if it's in more of a beta version and you kind of say this is a new thing that I'm testing or whatever, but you can't be wrong. Whereas the people in the DFS industry, a lot of these sharp people, no pun intended, basically come out and create these tools and create these things and they're wrong. And the best thing about me is I know they're wrong because I have smart people like you that I could run them by. And I just pretend like, Oh, that's stupid. I'm not using it. Meanwhile, I've already checked it through people who are smarter than me, but it, does it piss you off that, and again, not naming names, but that there's people out there who, because they're not in the position you're in, because they don't have to be triple checked can just go create a thing. Like they could just create spark QR and just put it out there, and because they slapped a name on it, put nine ninety nine on it, and put it on their fantasy site, and they've had smart takes before. Everyone just assumes it's gospel. How do you feel about that? Being that you have to go through this process that other people don't. So first of all, I love the idea of like innovating and trying to create something, especially like in DFS. Like I think I think like it's a cool world. There's a lot of opportunity, and I like overall. I think that that's like an awesome place to be in. Like, I always think like you should go where the cranes are, right? Like where they're building stuff and where things are new and you should try to it's create. It's fun, right? Like yeah. I play with stuff too. I'm like, let me just do this. Let me take these three factors and weight this down. Dude, do you know I was, side note here, not to cut you off, but yeah. I was building a biorhythm algorithm. Yeah. Like, I was so hooked because you know me, I'm weird and for the stars and science. Oh, I love it. I love it. That. So we were testing biorhythms and I started with my staff and I started to track my own staff and we found that Kevin was the most susceptible to his biorhythm ratings, right? So Rob, our algorithm guy, I was like, maybe we could build something, build me a chart or at least an Excel spreadsheet where I could track whose biorhythms are where and not to F with certain people at, at certain times because their biorhythms are low. Then I tried to correlate it to sports and this was in baseball. So I was like, maybe pitchers who have lower biorhythm. It obviously flops. I love it though. But like, it's like, it's cool that you could try that. But then again, I'm not going to go out and that. sell that before that's, I have yeah. five years of data. So, so that's, that's where I get, that's where it becomes tricky for me because I love, I, I look, anyone out there who has something cool that they're starting to create, like, please like, awesome. send, it, send it to me and I'll, I'll play with it. And We'll talk about it. I think I love the collaboration in the quant community. That's the whole, I'm a coder. I love everything on like GitHub. So like I can look at your code and we can all become better because we do it together. Yeah, I'm you show actually, me mine, I'll show you yours. Yeah. Works on so many levels, doesn't yeah. it? So, no, but I love all of that. I love the idea of like the GitHub, like sort of like 
open source data community stuff. The problem I have is when instead of it being this like, hey, like let's all like push the ball forward together or like, you know, like let's our like elite mafia, like let's all do this together. Like, you know, like this type of, when it becomes like, I'm going to sell you something and you're going to pay me a monthly fee and it's not portrayed as what it is. Right. Like, yeah. I think, I don't think you should have to like, I've had to think about this analogy a lot and it is like inherently feminine. So I, but I think guys can get it too. Right. Like my algorithms are recipes. I use the same raw ingredients. Like you're making chocolate chip cookies. I'm making chocolate chip cookies. We use flour, sugar, chocolate chips, you know, the same raw ingredient. I kind of want cookies right now. Go on. Ingredient like, you know, caramel or whatever, you know, like, but essentially we're all kind of doing the same thing. And if I were to give you my recipe, you could make my cookies, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give you the exact amounts of each one, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to walk you through like, here's what I've done. Here's my logic. Here's how it works. Let's do it together. I've never sold anything. Like obviously, I mean, I go on TV about it. So in some ways you're kind of like, like right. I'm, I'm giving it to everyone, right? Like there's no, like nothing's gated. They, like you have to log into pretty good picks because I want you to be a part of my community. I want to understand how this data works. So I want it to be together, but that there's no, there's nothing's monetized in any way. So I've never done that. So it's very hard for me to understand where the line is between monetizing something or not. Ultimately to me, you can monetize something when you've proven it and when you've right. proven it continuously. So I just get bummed out when I see people waste the opportunity to be collaborative by all of a sudden gating things, calling there something, something, branding it something and, and kind of overstating what it is, right? Like, here's where I'm starting. Here's where we are. Nobody knows crap about what the best, like, like football system is. Like, you know, you're not going to beat PFF when it comes to like the way that they've tracked and how they grade, right? Like, so why not like say, Hey, here's my spin on it. Like as I'm growing my following, like I'll gate it when I feel like it's sellable, right? right. I'm not just going to sell. I'm just going to put something out there for money and try to like trick people into it. So it's that everyone I, wants to be first. That's the problem. Everyone is so caught up that, and I've talked about the nerd culture. Um, me and you both went to pretty nerdy schools. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And you know, so we've been nerds on some level, but we were kind of like the cool nerds. Right. So, but we still were in the AP classes and hung out with the nerds and stuff like that. And you're still a nerd. So <laughs> basically one of the things that, I've looked at is I've, I've analyzed the mentality of the nerd culture. And I have a philosophy that a lot of this industry are just complete nerds who've never been accepted, who've never really felt desired, especially the men in this industry. They're the ones who couldn't get the cheerleaders. They couldn't get the freelands. They couldn't get the hot girls at school. So, you know, they always had a chip on their shoulder. I hate the jocks. The jocks are stupid. Meanwhile, if the jock invited them to a party, they'd be the first one to run there and tell all their friends about it. But, you know, they've always had this chip on their shoulder. And I think now with this daily fantasy world more than anything, they have an opportunity to shine. One, because life has lived on social media. So no one even knows what they look like. No one knows that they're fat and they're pimply and they're sitting in their mom's basement and they've worn the same shirt for six days. Like they could be whoever they want to be. So they're not used to being in the spotlight and they get addicted to that kind of, I'm important. I'm a thing now. I'm not a nerd anymore. I'm a boss now. And I think that ego of, I have this thing that's cool. I have this concept that's cool but I need to make it mine and I need to, I can't let anyone in on it and take the credit. This is my thing and I'm the best. And that collaboration is completely missing. What you're saying is a hundred percent true. And that's what ends up putting out so much bad data and bad tools that three years later, 
that same tool that if it just would have been collaborated in a group would have been solidified and perfected in a matter of three months was being used for a whole year and a half, probably killed people's bankrolls. And then what they'll do is they'll add an X to it or a Y to it. So it's like air yards X, which is basically saying, okay, our original thing was wrong because we weren't factoring in balls that were thrown out of bounds 50 yards downfield. We weren't throwing it. So now we're going to change it. And here's the upgraded version. And if they would have just collaborated and not worried about being first and not worried about being the only name on the thing, it would have been better and it would have been better for the industry. Well, and I also think like being an entrepreneur is all about pivoting. Pivot? You know, my other career, whatever, we we have had that. And there's there's this thing about pivoting and there's this thing about like gaining buy-in from people. And part of it is about trust. Like, look, like my crappy little site that I'm starting, I, when I can't figure something out, I just blog about it. And I'm like, Hey, um, I don't know how to do this. And the leaderboard won't be up until I figure it out. So Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it's going to be day late, but I'm not charging anything. I'm just like, please play with me. Like, I just want you to be around me. Like I want to create the community. Oh, I thought you were speaking to me individually right there. Well, you know, of course you, but, but the point is, is like, you know, like, look, I'm just trying to be honest while I'm figuring out like how to do this stuff. And I'm going to tell you, like, I'm going to give you my best and figure it out. But like, I, I just, again, you're missing the point of like, in this new space, being first is interesting, but being really good is way more interesting. Like I can't say like, you know, I obviously like, I know who I know in this industry and I can't say enough. Like, I don't know everyone. And I, 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 I love what like the fantasy labs guys did. Like, I think they were really good about being like, this is what we have. This is what, how we use it. These are our versions of it. And this is what, like, and, and obviously like the action network saw that and I love the action network too. Like I'm really proud of what they did. Like, I think like they, what they did was great. Like it's not perfect. And they didn't say it was perfect. They were like, we're evolving it. And then we're going to add this. And then we're going to like, it's, it's my understanding. And I, I, I'm sorry for being behind on this, but it's my understanding. They've added like a props tool and like all these other tools to be like more gambling centric. And I think that pivot is so cool. So, right. but they, but they didn't do that like week one, right? There's like several years into this and that's, deep and that's collaboration. The big, that's the big, like Bales and CSU and those guys, you know, they're competitors technically. Right. But I, t- I was literally just in a UFC fight with Bales three days ago and we're talking business. We're talking techniques. We're talking strategies. We started doing things from one perspective. Like we started offering gambling picks and they started offering gambling picks and then Rotor Grinder started offering gambling picks. And, and the nice thing is if you look at the successful companies in this industry, myself, Bells, and Dan Bach can get in a room or Cal Spears or CSU or whoever's – Yeah. And we'll sit there and talk strategy openly about, hey, what are you thinking about doing? How's that working for you? And that's what allowed – th- But see, the, that's the thing. With our, space evolving, yeah. with our space evolving, being first doesn't matter as much because all of those people you named are – I have a lot of respect for. Like right. I think they've done a great job like – being imperfectly perfect, right? And all like, the companies that were first are gone, if, if, if you notice that. Like five years ago, seven know. years ago, outside of RG, they're all gone. They were first, but they're gone because they wanted to hoard every, all their information. In a yeah, I, I just think like because our space is evolving, like rising tide lifts all ships. I hate stupid mm-hmm. stuff like that, but like ultimately it's true, right? So to me, take the opportunity. I don't know anything about like the culture stuff. For me, like I've always abided by like just do the work, like just, 
instead of just worrying work. about instead of worrying about who you are to like like do the really like do the work and it will shine like just do the friggin work you know yeah. so that's kind of where i come net out on all of it and like find the people who are like you like instead of it being this thing where like i'm gonna gate off my little thing and you're gonna gate off yours like instead of being like that be like hey like i'm gonna find some people who I, I can really collaborate and work with and like maybe we can create a company because how rad is it that like I can live in LA and you can live in New York and we can be like we bounce ideas off each other all the time so it's like you know like the like do that like I think there's so many and I love data people like let me be totally clear like I love anyone who's trying to take a stab at it please be wrong because that's when I've had my best breakthroughs like is when I'm totally wrong I've been up for three days coding crap that I have to throw away. And then I'm like, Oh my God, this one thing is really good. You know, like it's how you, it's how you, it's how you get to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So fine. like, but, but just don't gay people out, like try to make it more inclusive. And like, I don't care if you're what you look like, where you live, whatever, like talk to me like a normal person. And we can, we can, I, I'm more than I hope. And I think you can speak to this. Like I do spend a lot of time, like trying to give back to other people. Like I will listen to anyone's like, data theories like i will say i do ignore on linkedin when people say hey i'm graduating tomorrow and i need an internship starting on monday because like you what like no but like if you say to me like hey i want to learn more about this like i've come up with this like i'll come i'll meet you for coffee i'll do it like people have asked me and i've done it every time right if they're not i'm I'm doing an an internship right like i'm doing an interview with Two high school kids, um, I told them I just need to wait till January till after the season's over because I'm just chaos right now, um, for school papers. And I already, yes. I'm doing a contest, which now it's going to get stolen, but in the, in the honor of what we're talking about, putting stuff out there and making a difference in the community, I'm actually already have a plan put together. I'm going to, not really a contest, but an opportunity for people who are doing new podcasts. I'm going to have everyone send in like a video or some sort of thing to me. And because I get these things all the time, like, will you come on my podcast? Will you come on my podcast? Yeah. Right. And it's like, you don't mean to say no to people. It's just, you know, I could barely get my own work done right now until January when things calm down. So I'm actually going to be doing a contest for people out there who are starting new podcasts. The podcast has to be at least under a year old. And based on how you sell me on the audition taste, uh, tape, I'm going to co-host a podcast with these guys and promote it on Twitter. I'm going to take a week off No Mercy and do five straight days of five different podcasts with five different up and coming DFS people just to help them jump off and, you know, help them that. A following. And, you know, it's right. because when I, I'm still doing it right now, like trying to network, like how do I get to Joe Rogan? Like that's my thing right now. How do I get to Joe Rogan? Like there's a path, there's a way to get there. I just haven't figured yeah. out how it is yet. And maybe for some of these kids, me or you or, you know, someone else in the industry is their path to get to where they want to go. So I'm all about yeah. that. Me and you talk about this stuff a lot, but yeah. And look, I'm, I'm, I mean it when I say like, if you have something like that you want to like talk about, like we can, like, I'm, I'm, I'm more than amenable to that. Like, I just don't, I will say if you come at me on, like, I get a lot of weird LinkedIn requests to be like, and legitimately I'm graduating on Friday from college. I need to start working for you on Monday. I'm like, well, I don't that's have lazy. Any- like that's yeah. the, like, I'd rather like, I, it I actually I, makes me feel bad though, because I really do want to help people, but like, goodness, like that's I not, I look at it at not. Yeah. See, for me, it's the opposite. I don't even feel that bad. I've told everyone, I've said it on this show numerous times. You want to get in with me, tell me you're going to work for free, that you have to work for free. If you're not willing to go work somewhere for free. So the inter- internship part is good, but to reach right for the stars, to get right out to the NFL network is one thing. Well, but, to go to pretty good thing, picks like, is another at least, 
at least um, butter me up a little bit. Like, right. you're like, like, hey, like I watch you on Sunday. It. Literally, it's like. Send me a video. Send me a little audio right? like, Send me a resume. Tell me that, like, you like math. Like, me a little. Give me something. Jeez. Right. right. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm just like, you didn't even, like, That's do you even right. know who I am? Like, you just expect, you like, by the way, I'm at a college. You have something I want, so give it to me. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, Let me do one more thing here good. before we get out, Sam. Yeah, anything. This, we're on, well, you dovetailed into baseball, which was nice because it makes it <sighs> Baseball. This is something that you probably didn't think I was going to bring up. I don't know if you remember. We oddly are on the same exact side of this issue and have ranted about it before. But another pet peeve of Cynthia Freeland's, which you guys may not know. First of all, Cynthia is not just a football girl. I don't know if a lot of you out there know that. This girl is a beast in basketball. She does stuff with PGA, baseball. You know, she's just basically has a full-time career in football, so it's become a 12-month-a-year job now. But side note, which one do you miss the most? DFS, football, baseball? Hockey, basketball, what's the, uh, what's the sport you That's missed? a great question. So, and that's not I'm, the question. So that's just the Well, decision. okay. So I think I miss like, gosh, that's so hard. It's really hard because I really love baseball and I really love basketball. But I'm not going to lie. I've been really digging all the stuff they've been doing in golf. They like golf. You, you, is I've seen game. you morph. I've seen you morph into, into well, a, they, a golf they've, they've literally spent all of this money creating – like there are 3D renderings of every hole with the topography of each green and you can get that stuff. And like, so it is like a data junkies dream because you're sitting there being like, I wonder what the masters is like. Right. What's the stimp meter say today? That's the thing that measures how fast the greens are. Thank so you like, for explaining. I was just going to ask. Yes. <laughs> so, but like, it's like, what is it? And you can find that like today because they really want people to be more interested in golf and they're making a strong push for that. So I'm, I've kind of like been in my spare time, like really like kind of digging. Do you play golf? I do. Um, a I'm, lot. I'm not Are you just getting started? Well. Where are you at? Because I'm getting started this summer. Yeah. So, I, well, you gotta go meet Art down in North Carolina. It's my dad, and then you can go play with him because he's got the most. He's got the most patience of any person in my family, and he will that's teach perfect. you. Dude, that's a fast track to marriage too. So I got. I'm gonna take you up on perfect. that. I'm gonna go yeah, sell no. myself to your father. He, oh, my dad's the best. My, you can, you know, my dad was, my dad was a race car engine designer. So you can talk yeah. to him about that's where the math comes from. I think that's probably. Yeah. So, but like, look, I, I started kind of getting into it because I'm old now. So like I run marathons and I do that. I am man. I'm you getting are. old. So long story short, I, I just, I'm fascinated by anything that's, I like being on the new part, right? The cutting edge part. Like I love when people talk to me about all the stuff they're doing with like of all that stuff like but you and i like right now i'm just so mad at baseball for like the shift and for the bases like well, you and i talk I'm about going. this all that's the time where I'm like, going. you, you so, said it yeah. that was my question so the shift uh, that's probably a longer conversation that'll take it's us a way longer conversation we'll do that on the next podcast yeah. but the bases is something that i think is was just crazy this is where i was going with the initial question that i thought i was the only one in the world who's ever like mentioned this right like and all of a sudden, one day, you out of nowhere, I, we weren't even talking about sports. We were, like, talking about, like, like, when you were coming home for holidays or something. And out of nowhere, you're like, you know what pisses me off the bases? And I'm like, what? Wait, what? So you have an issue with this, too. I, my issue is that there shouldn't be bases. There should just be something painted on the ground. And there should be a secondary base outside the foul line because the runners need to run not, side, not inside the field of play. Again, that's my dovetail on another day. But. You have a major issue with the bases in baseball. Freeland hit it. I mean, look, 
Why are you trying to hurt people's ankles, knees, <laughs> Why are you trying to? Like, yeah, you're sitting you up there going, how do we hurt these bastards? Yeah, like, wh- why are you trying to ruin baseball by, like, hurting people? Like, I would like the best players to play. And you know who exciting players are? People who steal bases, people mm-hmm. who get on base. So let's promote them not crushing their ankles and knees. And can't science fix this? Like, I think logic, I don't even think you need science here. I think you could just, I think logic can fix it and side, science can sit on the sidelines personally. I, 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 I don't, I'm baffled. Like why do, like tradition is one thing. I'm not suggesting we get rid of the seventh inning stretch. I'm suggesting we update the bags, the actual bases. Like, please, I, we're going to see someone like, and especially if you watch in the National League, you've got your pitcher doing that. I'm not saying pitchers steal bases or anything, but like, Come on, what are you trying to do? Crush his ankle? Because Clayton Kershaw just got paid a lot of money, so they're going to want him to actually be pitching and not stumbling over a base. I digress, and now I am end scene here. I do not <laughs> want bases to be that way anymore. I, I think a lot of people, because, again, we're talking to a fantasy community, and the, the first thing when I went to these fantasy events, you know, playing for millions of dollars, and, you know, I expect to go there with a bunch of jocks. Like, that's what I thought when I first started in the industry, right? These are all people who know baseball. I went there and it was a bunch of like five foot three Asian kids and you know, kids. I was like, what we did they, we, they had like trips onto the field. We had like home run derbies and stuff. These kids didn't even know how to hold the bat like grip wise. So I was like floored. So I think it's important to let the audience know being that some people may have never played baseball that played DFS baseball, that those bases are not flat. They're not flat on top. No. And there's a slick surface on top of them too. And if it's which, raining which, or which, cold. Yes, exactly is destructive it's the dumbest thing in the world and especially in a situation now where you're talking about these guys sliding head first whereas back in the day everyone slowed slid feet first like there was there was a very few players that slid head first now everyone's sliding head first they're jamming fingers they're breaking fingers they're jamming wrists they're turning ankles it makes no sense whatsoever we need to get rid of the bases so we need to start a hashtag sin me and you and run a campaign on getting rid of the bases. And, and honestly, just to go back to my original point about the bases, like softball teams do it. One base on the inside. See, flat. That's the thing. You can't say that because you, then they're like, Oh, softball, then they freak right. out. Right. Like you can't change this. I think people will allow trimming the base down to a half inch off the ground or paint, but they will not allow what I want, which is one base on the inside of the first baseline one base on the outside of the first baseline. One, this will prevent injuries because you see people tripping over each other. You saw Manny Machado kick Aguilar, Aguilar in, the, in the chin in the playoffs game in the, in the World Series or the game before the World Series. You see people get tangled up at first base a ton. Why are these two Neanderthals fighting for the same little two-foot real estate? Put it on the outside of the baseline. And my biggest problem is if I hit a ball that just dribbles in front of the plate and I am running to first base, that base – is inside the foul line. I am running directly at that base. My toes are almost touching the foul line. If I get hit with a ball in the back by the catcher throwing to first, and I am doing nothing but running directly at the target, I am out because I was inside the baseline. So please give me a target outside the baseline, a second base, so that we're not touching the same base, and I could run out of the batter's box and stay totally out of the field of play. It will change everything. It will make everything better. It would eliminate injuries and Cynthia Freeland and Tommy G for president. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're like, it, you know what? I'm going to, I'm adding one more little nugget of something that annoys me and it's on the same level of that. 
plastic straws, the, the war on plastic straws is evil. Oh, Those paper man. straws Those are the same. Straws. They're useless. I, it makes science get on this. What, how oh has this not been? Uh, those are, those are, I, they're more predominant in California. I will say that. So oh, you probably see them. Out here is a little I don't see yeah. them anywhere because everyone yeah, I think they like banned them in the city I live in. Like yeah, the, yeah. whatever, like ban- you're not allowed to have a plastic straw. Like, so I've been hoarding them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's just <laughs> like a little, you know, I have like I'll, a little pile I of I swear plastic. to God, I'm going to send you a picture. I'll, I'll maybe even post it on Twitter when I get off of my drawer that I have a million different straws sitting in here just at all time. I'm a, I'm a straw horse. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I would, Wait. I would kill myself. I would kill myself. It's, it's pretty bad. Like uh, it's, when I come visit, I'm going to bring you boxes and boxes of plastic, plastic straws to cover you. Seriously. I know. So, it's just, I'm like, what is going on there? Try. I don't drink that fast. Just, like uh, I do <laughs> too. And I still hate it. It's like, just get Stop. Just stop. Stop. Paper's not supposed to be getting wet and sustaining. It's, it's form. Stop. Idiot. <laughs> anyway, sin. I have about a million more topics I want to cover with you. I want to talk about the orange versus white shirts behind the backboards that I talked to you about a while ago. I have 40 different baseball things. I have 50 different football things. So you're getting back on here whether you like it or not. Because hey, we have you know what? Like I'm so that. grateful that you have me. Thank you so much, for real. Yeah. So like we're getting fun. back on whether you like it or not. Cynthia I mean, I like Freeland, it, obviously. And you better like it. So <laughs> Cynthia Freeland. TV, Fantasy Live, Tuesday, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, Game Day Pick'em, Friday, 6.30 Eastern, and Good Morning Football, 9 a.m. Eastern podcast, Game Theory and Money podcast is out right now. Get over to prettygoodpicks.com and support our girl. Get over to Twitter, at C Freeland, and Instagram, at Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, any final words before I let you go? You know what, Tommy? I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them one more time so they know that you're a sweetheart. I know. I know. I do love you though. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Stop telling people I'm nice. Okay. That's the one thing. That's the rule if you're ever going to come back on. No more. No. I, okay. Sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry, but you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. So I'm I'm not going to say my normal ending because it's usually blank, blank and blank, blank and MFers. So I'm going to do the clean version. Blank, blank and blank, blank. So Sweet dreams and good night and good luck this weekend and all your picks. Um, <laughs> that's what it is, right? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's what I thought. So okay. Because I'm winning, I think I won two curses to one to Cynthia. I'm not going to let it tie. I'm changing the ending and the sign-off for the first time ever. So good luck and stay cashing, mother lovers. <laughs> Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.